0: You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBTQ adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor, and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with Alex and James and talking about adopting a second child after you've already adopted a first. Hi, both of you.
1: Hi.
2: Hi.
0: Hiya. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really interested to hear your story. So um, take me back to your first adoption, if you don't mind. First of all, whose idea was it? Who brought it up?
2: Um, well, it was probably a mutual decision. I think this was uh, Alex's main priority, I suppose. Um, but we talked about it for a while uh, before we before we took any steps towards it. I think we, you know, we were very busy with work at the time and all of those kinds of things that kind of uh, get in the way of that conversation uh, kind of took place. Um, but then we decided to kind of make a more concerted effort towards, well, finding out about kind of what that process would look like and I suppose what steps were involved made our inquiries and, and very quickly found ourselves on um, that, that sort of a, in, initial training course that you go through when you want to be an adoptive parent um, and then kind of riding the journey out from there.
0: So it sounds like kind of once you made that decision, you sort of threw yourselves into it. Is that fair to say?
2: Um,
1: yeah, from the from the very beginning, it happened for us a lot quicker than what we thought initially would have. So from the initial phone call and attending um, an open day, before we knew it, we were having house visits and going through panel and we had our eldest son placed with us within about nine months from the first phone call we made.
0: Gosh, that really is very, very fast, isn't it? How old was your first son when he came to you?
1: Uh, 13 months.
0: So really little?
1: Yes, very little.
0: Is that something that you would particularly wanted?
1: I think so, yeah. So we initially said that we were looking for a child under the age of three because um our both of us have sisters and they have children that were very close in age. So we were conscious about having a child that would be younger or the same age as our nephews.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I've heard other people say that about looking at the children in the wider family and sort of trying to match ages to them. Yeah, so that that makes sense. And so tell me when you first found out about your son and you know how that felt and how you knew that you know that child might be the right one for you
2: it's a a good question I think it's it's such a peculiar process as you kind of move through all those conversations and I think you know the the speed at which the process moved for us was 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 a factor within that we we would Oh, God, I think we were only just out of um, getting that panel decision before uh, we'd started initiating conversations about um, you know potential introductions or potential match. Um, and then meeting our son's social worker. So, yeah, it, it was strange. It's all a bit of a whirlwind and it all feels a bit kind of hypothetical still or, or perhaps theoretical until you're actually in the room um with the child and then everything you kind of anticipated you would uh, sort of think or feel it goes out the window a bit and um all of a sudden you're presented with this little human being who is who is now going to be in your care and it's a, it's a really difficult kind of thought process or, or experience to rationalize for people who who don't go through it
0: did you feel some sort of connection straight away or did it feel like that took a little while to come
2: no, absolutely. I think it was pretty immediate. Um, one of the wonderful things that actually we, we tell our son is that kind of we arrived and we walked into this room, uh, like the living room of the foster parents that um, he was with, um, just kind of held up my arms and off, he kind of toddled over and, and put his arms up and came and sat straight in my lap. And I think from that moment, it was like, well, this is uh, almost kismet, you know.
0: That's really, really nice that you felt it that way. Was that the same for both of you?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, I I often say to him that we loved him before we even met him.
0: Oh, how lovely. That's ever so nice. And so that was like the first meeting. Was that right at the beginning of intros? It wasn't a meeting prior to that?
1: No, that was the first time that we met our son. uh, So the day of the introductions. And um, I think we had, if I remember correctly, just over a week, maybe eight days of introductions before he was placed in our care.
0: How did it feel to take him home that first time?
1: I think it was it was really exciting. It, it was something that we felt that we'd worked up to for the previous eight days, and from the second that you start, all we really wanted was just to to take him home and, and start from and start our family and start our lives it's a, It's a peculiar feeling to be in somebody else's home with their own with like their own husband and their children and their parents popping down and it's just it's strange yeah
2: there's there's almost these sort of relationships that have been forged it's a peculiar situation anyway because you think I suppose going in you know that it's somebody else's child and they're in this sort of foster care situation they're forging relationships with the foster family and the foster carers wider family and then all of a sudden after eight days you're you're taking them away and I think there's this fear maybe that also alongside the excitement that says you know how am I going to uh, respond to this and, and how is it going to feel with this person at home but it's so as soon as you kind of cross the threshold you kind of think well you you belong to me now and uh, and that's that and it was, it was it was almost like flicking a switch um all those kind of concerns I suppose about trying to rationalize you know the situation just just fell away very very quickly
0: that's really interesting that it fell away for you because for me I felt like a kidnapper at the beginning you know I felt like you know our child was happy where he was it it was settled he was loved and then and then we turned up and just i don't know i just i felt like we'd stolen him in a way it was a really weird feeling it took a little while to to get my head around that if i'm honest but i guess there's just a whole spectrum of responses and i think it's ever so nice that you felt that at ease with the whole thing at that stage i think that's really lovely
2: yeah, I think, again, you know, I'd say it almost feels like such an intellectual exercise before you get to that point, or at least it did from my perspective. You know, we were briefed, you know, with the, with the documents, with the paperwork, with a picture, with a report. It, you, it, it doesn't seem like it matches the situation, which is where all that kind of, um, I suppose, fear or concern, to, to speak to your concerns, Tori, you know, about potentially having a, that same sort of sense um, of 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 kidnapping or of or of being um, in command of somebody else's property, and I genuinely thought that I, that I would that I would struggle with that, but um, yeah, didn't didn't. As soon as we kind of got home, I, I very, very quickly kind of um, came came to terms with it.
0: I think it's one of the things that makes it really hard to predict as well, because you don't know how you're going to feel. This is a massive emotional response, and so. Yeah, you can't kind of think, well, oh, next week's going to be difficult, so I'll kind of mentally prepare for that. Or you might think, well, next week's going to be joyful, so I'll prepare for that. And in the end, it's such a spectrum of stuff. You know, I've got a friend and she says, um, I wouldn't wish intros on my worst enemy. She said it was the worst week of my life. I've never been more stressed in my entire life. And other people are like, it's the happiest week of my life. It was so lovely. And I guess it's all normal. It's just um, all different, I suppose. Definitely. So you, you took your son home and family life began. How was that?
1: Uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was wonderful. I think the toughest thing that we had to start with was our family. So we've got very close family. So my mum and dad wanted to, to meet him. So did um, my sisters um, and my brother-in-law's and um, James's parents. And it was kind of, we wanted to cocoon ourselves a little bit and not, and just make sure that our son was settled first. And that was quite tough because where we really wanted to be was showing off our son.
2: Yes, I understand that. Yeah, it almost feels like you've got this. Um, you know, pardon the expression, but like a, this, this sense of having something shiny and new that you want to show to everybody, you want to show show them off. But at the same time, you've kind of got to be realistic and kind of and, and kind of you know instill that sense of what is real life going to look like, and real life is typically very boring. Um, but when you've suddenly just been placed with your child, you want to go everywhere, do everything, um, leave, um, live this you know incredibly exciting existence um, with an entourage of people who are all just in awe of the fact that this process has come to fruition. When in truth, you know, it's, it's probably more important to just kind of sit down and, and, and be at home and, and be settled and, and do the mundane things.
1: We'd be going to uh, the park. And just pushing him on the swings and we'd have our family members uh, pass us like they're spies, uh, just waving, no interaction. They just wanted to see us. Uh, and it's just magical time.
0: It, it just sounds like you both took took to it like ducks to water, you know, that it just seemed so natural for you. And did that continue or did you find that there was a honeymoon period and then perhaps things changed a little bit?
1: I think we were really prepared for what we, was, we were undertaking. So uh, James has... Two sisters who have three children apiece. I have a sister that has two children, so we we were always around children within our family and like cousins with children. So we we knew what we were getting ourselves into. Now our son was uh, a bit more of a whirlwind than what we ever thought would have been possible, but we were we were watching him constantly anyway. So.
2: Yeah, I used to used to like to consider myself to be fairly active actually, but then um, very quickly found that you put me down for a nap and thought I'm going to need one too. So this is I'm coordinating naps now with this this little kamikaze kind of tot who's who's trying to jump off stairs and run around and you know do all the dangerous things. I think it was the exhaustion it was was probably what we weren't anticipating.
0: Yeah, I remember that when when uh, so my first child is a birth child um, and so obviously you know was a newborn. But I remember about a week in just thinking, when does he stop needing stuff? Like, when When does this just pause for a few hours? And, of course, the answer is not for a few years yet. You know, it's exhausting.
2: Well, we reach that stage. We we'll let you know.
0: <laughs> well, now you see, now my eldest is a teenager. And so literally, you know, I'll go in his room. And he's like, can you go? I'm like, oh, do you not want to chat? And he's like, no, thanks. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it changes, but it takes a while. So um so obviously, you know, you settled into family life and stuff. I guess um one or both you went back to work. How did you work all of that?
1: Uh so James went back to work after four or five weeks.
2: No, about six weeks I think fortunate really.
1: So after six weeks, James went back to work and um I managed to take a little over a year off work, which was amazing and Luke was just the best age father so I would be going to, I'd just be going to parenting clubs with him or to soft play centres and meeting friends or we'd be going to zoos and just having days out and it was just amazing.
0: I mean that sounds really, really nice and I guess at some point you were planning on going back to work but I then heard you had a little surprise.
1: Yeah, so I, I was initially planning on going back to work and I think I was about two weeks out from my return date, so already starting to get into the zone and then James was in work and one day I had a phone call asking would we consider to also adopt our son's sibling.
0: Wow, and did you know that
2: sibling was on the way even?
1: I think we did, but there was very little, very little talk about it.
2: Yeah, there was. I mean, it was, I think it was a fairly complicated situation, as as these circumstances invariably are. Um, so we knew that sibling Charlie existed, and we were aware of his existence, you know, throughout the in, throughout the um, whole time that we had gone through introductions, and we had we had had you know that that initial time with Luke. And I think, in actual fact, we were actually talking about ten months between the point at which we brought Luke home to the point at which we were approached um, about. Charlie and I had a phone call from our social worker in work as well. It, we, so we had these calls independently and, and literally I kind of had to remove myself from a fairly busy situation. So kind of going well, am give me two seconds. I just need to find somewhere quiet to speak to you. And then, yeah, was was kind of said, um, well, look, this is the situation. And, and would you consider taking, taking Charlie also? And, but I think that the, the context of that question was, would you consider taking him like imminently? Um, Like, would you foster him because he's about to be removed from his existing circumstances? So it was an incredibly challenging and surprising conversation to have. We weren't mentally prepared. We, We kind of anticipated that at some point, you know, we would engage in this process again. And we kind of anticipated that given the family dynamic, this conversation could be a possibility. I just don't think we had anticipated having the conversation as early as we did.
0: No, and of course, that conversation it's almost like you could do with a pre-warning couldn't you? you know four weeks out it's like yeah there might be a conversation and then three weeks out, yeah maybe a conversation but it's just the phone rings like do you want a baby and you're like what mm-hmm. I you know I've had that phone call myself more than once now and every time it just it's like being hit in the face with a frying pan or something you know you just suddenly like oh my god I don't know and it, it's hard did you have a gut feeling straight away to what the answer was for you
1: uh, so, me and James were very different people. So, my response is instantly yes. Yeah. And that would be the case if it was right now when I was asked again, it'd be, yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: uh oh. My, my answer was slightly different. Um, <laughs> having that um, frying pan in the face conversation, because I think that's a wonderful way of putting it. Uh, to me, I, it immediately threw walls up. I just kind of thought this it's like, it's incredibly unfair of you to kind of raise the this point with us in this way. And like, I'm not, I wasn't mentally prepared for it. And then you kind of go through from my perspective anyway, kind of go through again with the sort of the rational elements. But then that's, I guess, a reflection of me and what I'm like generally. Alex is about to go back to work. We don't have the funds to do this. We, we couldn't afford to, um, you know, if we took a uh, parental leave again from, from the start, we wouldn't be able to afford to have the same amount of time. And now we're talking about two kids and all of these sorts of questions. So whilst I think, you know, the ultimately, I don't think it was ever going to be a, a no, I was saying no at that time, simply because it was like, I just, this has come out of the blue and and I need time to process this. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just an incredibly difficult thing. And I, yeah, I think it's hard to to know how you're going to respond. So how did the two of you kind of have those conversations and reach a decision, given that you felt a bit different?
1: We just, we, we sat down and we spoke about it when we were home together, rather than being on the phone. Yes. And it was, it was just a conversation. And uh, before I was returning to it, we'd actually booked to go away. So we was actually uh, in center parks at the time where we finally made the decision that we was going to say yes. And I think it was about just having some time as a family where you're not working. And we were, it was just bliss on holidays uh, with our son thinking, we could do this again
2: i think yeah i think the you know through all the the rationalization because I, I think a series of conversations as as is natural um it almost felt like going back to the start um and and talking about you know the impact and considerations but i think the the things that it boiled down to was we don't we did, we had never intended to have luke as a child alone um we probably always would have adopted us Uh, another child which you know may not have been a sibling so I think that the rationale was here's an opportunity to to keep two brothers together if we didn't respond to this now what would that look like as a conversation in 15 years time um from Luke's perspective so yeah you know we actually we had the opportunity to to take your brother um and what would it look like in maybe three or four years time when we were more mentally prepared to re-engage in this process and then we adopted again but then we were adopting you know another child who would be that that person's adoptive sibling but not their real sibling it just it just kind of came together in in all of these kinds of scenarios that said yeah you know we we want more than one child this situation is, is unanticipated um but it, it it probably feels like um a uh, maybe a blessing in disguise maybe
0: yes i mean yeah it sounds like it kind of aligned with at least your sketched out plans you know that it kind of worked with all of that
2: yeah absolutely um again it's just I suppose it's it's that conversation isn't it and it's that it's, it, go, it goes back to the phone call um I, th- I think there is a better way possibly to prep people for it because you are ultimately going to be inciting an incredibly emotional response I mean if you were gonna find out as a you know um a birth parent that you were pregnant um you'd have nine months to reconcile yourself to the reality that you know you're gonna have a, another child in the house we were being asked you know, to, to countenance possibly accepting a second child on a foster care basis within a matter of a fortnight and then in 12 weeks actually you know we had another child in the house so it's about how you how you process that and where that fits with your expectations or rather how you then kind of go well in the long term this is we're achieving our plan just on a different time scale.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess life's like that sometimes, isn't it? You know, I mean, even if people are planning to conceive a child, life's like that. You can't just dial one up, you know. So there's always that kind of, well, roundabout now would be kind of fine. And that's about as good as it gets, really, in terms of planning. So tell me about how that journey progressed then. What happened next? How fast did it move? How quickly did your next child come to you?
1: So it, it once again, it happened quite quickly. However, we soon realized that in order to adopt, we would have to go through the entire process again. Yes. Reason for that was, is because we had been approved to adopt a single child, not a sibling set. So that was, that was quite difficult to go through Mm. the process again when we'd already just done it. So, and it just felt, it felt silly to us that it was happening that way.
0: Yes, and but I guess you still had to. Is that correct? Yes. We yeah, you still had to do all of that. There's no. Yeah. How did you find going through it again? Was that a frustrating thing? Or
1: it was frustrating the fact that we had it, we had done it within the previous year, but obviously we, we went through the process anyway and we done it, and then we made the decision that James was going to take the time off next time round.
0: Yes. So that
1: we uh, we both managed to have uh, a turn of being off work with the children when they're young
2: mm,
0: yeah absolutely and so did you um want that to progress quickly did you you know because it sounds like they were talking about you fostering to adopt the child is that what happened
1: no so um i wasn't comfortable with doing that and the reason for that was is because we'd already had luke with us and we hadn't had the adoption ceremony with court to finalize the adoption because when uh When they're placed with you, it takes quite some time before the adoption gets finalized, and because of what was going on with Charlie, the judge didn't want to make a decision without them both being considered. Yes, so because of that, we refused to foster until um until Luke's adoption was finalized
0: I mean that does seem to make sense.
2: Yeah, I think there's it's an interesting an interesting one when you when you introduce a second child into the process because for all the preparation that we did, you know, none of this was kind of talked about. Um, but I suppose one of the the things that you have to reconcile yourself to as an adoptive parent is that once a child is placed in your care until that adoption order is kind of finalised, it's it's still an open debate, isn't it? From a birth parent's perspective, they could evidence that they've changed their circumstances and are now. Uh, fit and able to to look after children well what does that mean and i think introducing charlie into the conversation and and how that kind of would have delayed the process or how it added another consideration to to luke's finalization of sorry the finalization of luke's um adoption order became an incredibly stressful event because we didn't really know kind of what what the bearing was what the chances were and i remember asking the question a lot of our social workers going well what if this is the case if this takes longer than we'd anticipated what if you know both parents are able to say we've we've turned our lives lives around you know i i don't think that people for all the um preparation that you go through um we would, we were never prepared for the reality of actually you know there is a very slim granted but there is a chance that. Um, the decision could not go in your favor or could go the other way. And, and somebody would be coming to you and asking you to relinquish the child now back to the care of the birth family. I and mean, that was a, absolutely a hideous kind of period. Because I think even though we'd, as soon as we'd kind of come to terms with them and said, yes, okay, yeah, absolutely. We are we are on board and we will we will have Charlie as well. Um, because that's the right thing for for them and it's the right thing for us. Um, we didn't foster he went to another foster family but then we essentially kind of kicked that process off um, straight away again but with this this uncertainty over the top of it of well what does it mean from a legal perspective.
0: Yeah and that must have added a whole layer of stress that I guess you hadn't had in your minds before that.
2: Absolutely and because we I think because we were aware of like I said, Charlie's existence whilst Luke was with us, it was always at the back of our minds to go, well, you know, what is happening with Charlie? What does his circumstances look like? But then when um, the sort of, you know, the decision came through that if this is going to be the situation, then um, it'll be, it'll be reviewed, I suppose, with the, the interests of both children in mind. Yes. Kind of gets, oh, oh, oh this is becoming, you know, very, very complicated and, and, and kind of difficult to, to process. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was an incredibly stressful period of time. But actually, I think when we when we had kind of come to terms with the fact that we we'd gone through this process again and we'd been uh, approved a second time, and um, you know the the experience the second time was a, was quite different I think to, to the first time. But we you start to feel a bit more at ease that actually the situation is uh, is going in your favour, you know, and it isn't going to kind of work out um, you know the way that you your your uh, mind talk might be telling you it could.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so how long was the baby in foster care? And then I guess, you know, were you able to visit during that period? You know, was there such contact arranged or not?
2: Yeah, I think the access was better uh, sort of on the second period because of how we'd been engaged in the conversation from from the outset. Um, so that was definitely a better experience. I think it was about 12 weeks, three months in total. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of late May when we were had the initial phone call and then by August, late mm. August. Charlie was with us as well.
0: Gosh, that actually is really fast, even though you asked for that delay. It wasn't much fun, was it? Not, not totally not.
2: No, not at all, no.
0: No. So tell me then about when Charlie came home and how that was.
1: Charlie and Luke, they're very different children. And initially, when Charlie came, I don't think Luke was best pleased. <laughs> I think he was quite happy uh, with it just being him and us and having uh, all the attention.
2: And which which remains to this day, in fact, I would say.
0: <laughs> and did that, did that sort of wobble you at all in terms of the decision you made? Because it sounds like a big factor in that decision was, you know, what was right for Luke. And so did it then wobble you that Luke seemed not best pleased?
1: No, I think that uh, all, I think it's important. So we both grew up with siblings and I always wanted our child to have a sibling. And I think it just it just helps build them they build a character and I think it's just good for them to grow up with a sibling because one day we will not be here and it's nice to know that they'll have each other.
0: Yes no I can I can absolutely see um that decision making you know I can understand how you arrived at that um and so how long did that take to blow over I mean you sort of said it's still ongoing so did, did they get on at all did it did it ease a little bit initially?
1: They can they can be each other's best friends or, or worst enemies. Mm-hmm. So when when they're playing together, life life is bliss. But then that will uh, laughing will inevitably turn to crying.
2: Yeah, they are. Um, well, you know, they're, they're brothers. Um, and everything that anybody says about siblings in general actually is true. I don't think you know. It's the usual sort of um, time that that children take to get over the fact that all of a sudden now there's. There's another. Um, And so I, I, the amount of attention I get is diluted. Luke still demands attention or commands attention. Charlie does as well in his own way. They, you know, as, as I said, they, they, they play, they can play together so sweetly, or they can argue and antagonize one another, you know, thoroughly at the, at the drop of a hat. Um, But it's not, you know, it's, it's, as you would expect siblings to be it's not in any way sort of malicious or difficult we're not kind of trying to communicate that you know it's 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 a problem or it's a result of the adoption it's just two brothers who are all you know fighting for attention or fighting for the same toy or fighting for access to the tv or whatever it might be
0: yes yeah, so the sibling stuff rather than adoption stuff it sounds yes. like yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so just, just to add sorry to, um no, it's fine. Uh, obviously i've got a sister with two children. James has got a sister with three two sisters with three children our children are no different to our nieces and nephews
0: yeah and I guess that's quite nice that you've got that frame of reference haven't you because I think sometimes it can be hard to unpick is this an adoption thing is this a kid thing what is it you know
2: yeah yeah and and I think that's you know that becomes a real concern not necessarily in the in always in the family dynamic, but in every dynamic in school, you know, if you're ever having a conversation with teachers that says, you know, one of your children struggles to concentrate in, in class, you think, oh, well, is that just because, you know, he's five? Um, or is that because it's some long standing trauma that's linked to the fact that he had a very disruptive early start in life? It, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult to kind of uh, manage your own emotions around that or manage your own thinking around that and and not go off into, uh, you know, various different directions, thinking, "Oh my God, is this something I should be doing?" Um, when actually, it, you know, it is purely for the fact that uh, they're they just need very young children.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, and and I, I get that. I think um, you know that that kind of questioning of yourself about, you know, why is this happening and all of that. Yeah, it really does help if you have some, you know, because I've got some older kids, older birth kids, and it helps a lot to have a sense of just how how sort of quirky kids can be when they don't have a complex background and how they might have different sort of needs and demands and uh, personality traits and things like that and there is some difference in in my life in how my birth kids are and how my adopted child is and you know for reasons that we all know around around trauma and around change around loss and things like that. But that frame of reference really helped because I think that some things I do have a little bit more confidence. This is a kid thing. This will blow over as opposed to this is potentially a difficult thing. We need to do something with this bit. So, you know, I'm sure that journey is different for different people. And I think some people just have a good instinct for it, even just with one child. But um, it helps me to have that frame of reference.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we make the same point. It's 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 great when I when I have a conversation with my sister or I actually have a conversation with you know his sisters about the issues that their children are going through. Um, you think, oh yeah, actually, it is just a kid thing. It's not an adoption thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, um, I think I think that helps. Even kid things, though, they're hard work, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're
2: very hard work. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> uh, it's just good to know what it, what it, what it is likely to be.
0: Yeah, absolutely that. Uh, so, how's family life now for you all?
2: It's it's it's
1: great. We've uh we've just come back from Disney, which was
0: oh, wow.
1: Which was amazing. A nice treat for the boys. Uh they, they settled in well in school. Yesterday was sports day. It's just life.
2: Yeah. It's I think um I, I was you probably could become amazed as an adoptive period at how quickly again, I you know I talk about just how mundane or, or commonplace life is or life becomes like very quickly you let go of the fact that you're an adopted parent and you just go well yeah i'm just a parent um and life is life and everything is good and normal and you have your frustrating days and you have your really happy days and you have your fun days and um, you know you have your days where somebody falls down and, and cuts themselves or um we've got a rush to the hospital just like anybody else but I, you almost kind of i, I think with going into it, you never know at what point you're going to let go of the fact that you're an adoptive parent, and you know a same-sex adoptive parent actually, because that you know that adds another layer of complexity at the outset. But really quickly, you know, we just kind of settled into well, life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me. It's been really, really interesting to hear your story.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: I'd like to thank my guests today, Alex and James. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at LGBT Adopt Foster and on Facebook search New Family Social, all one word. Visit our website at newfamilysocial.org.uk Adoption, Fostering Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next week with more guests and more tea i